Okay, it's Ed Morales on Living in Spanglish here, and I'm, I'm talking uh, on the phone with uh, Saulo Colón, Saulo Colón, uh, who, who is the co-editor of New Politics Magazine. Um, welcome to uh, Living in Spanglish, Saulo. Thank you, Ed. Good to be here. So what I thought we'd talk about today is uh, what are the, you know, what uh, this amazing uh, victory from uh, Alexandria uh, Ocasio-Cortez has suddenly opened up uh, within the Democratic Party and in the media discourse in general, uh, you know, the, uh, a new kind of left plank um, that includes the word socialism. And I think a lot of people are wondering, you know, what is meant by socialism. And so far what I'm seeing from uh, Ocasio-Cortez is that it's basically a restating of a lot of uh, New Deal ideas um, which are, you know, not necessarily as left as a lot of people uh, who who are fighting for socialism uh, believe in, but at the same time, you know, might be embraced by those on the left as as a way to actually uh, to to push the discourse, you know, not necessarily just the Democratic Party, but the whole political discourse. To the left, and I think it's been kind of successful because you even get the right wing now is is upset about it, and they they're putting together these fake videos about it. So, what are your uh, general feelings about the way that uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez represents socialism? I mean, your your magazine, right, is is uh, is is has a, that kind of political orientation? No, exactly, and I mean, one, we are a, a socialist magazine, but you know, we do kind of we're a very broad um, socialism understood broadly. You know, there's people who are um, democratic socialists, and then there's people who are kind of like more revolutionary socialists. And, and I think there's an appreciation for what's happening with candidates like um, Alexandria. Um, but at the same time, I think there's a lot of there's also a critical position of it because it is there's a longer history of the Democrat um, of the Democratic Party kind of using candidates like that or supporting candidates or co-opting these candidates um, and really kind of getting rid of um, any socialistic platform that they might have. And as you said, um, you know, she's very much kind of reiterating and saying a few things that sound basically like New Deal Keynesianism, um, New Deal politics, which is, you know, the same critique that was said of, of Bernie, right? That when he was talking about democratic socialism, when he was running for president, um, some of his stuff, for some people who were um, self-identified socialists, you know, don't really sound that socialistic, right? Um, but within the context of the USA today, even those lukewarm socialist appeals um, are getting a lot of traction, right? Mm -hmm. um, which kind of states, you know, just how bad the situation has gotten that policies that used to exist in the United States or the remnants of those policies um, are getting uh, attention um, again, right? So, you know, I, I think the same way I think you worded the question is the same way we're, we're kind of dealing with it, right? Which is excitement that there is a possibility of, you know, better politics developing at the same time worried that it just gets co-opted into the nonsense and the uselessness of the Democratic Party again. And right. that has happened over. Well, you know, one thing that I've been, you know, I've been trying to keep track of the many media appearances that she does, and it's almost impossible to keep track of all of them. Yeah, you um, might as well give up. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, what she mostly seems to talk about is the mechanics of uh, political organizing, you know, which is very, 
useful, but it um, it, it doesn't um, you know it doesn't address uh, and a lot of times she just has this sort of her platform which she repeats you know which is essentially a good platform but it doesn't seem to reflect um, a lot of active uh, visioning and thinking about what that implies you know how do we come up with a, a rhetoric or a discourse um, to fight about what's against what's going on now I mean I think Ed, I think that's true but I think that actually I mean in a sense like that's true but I don't know if that's totally a fair criticism of her mm -hmm. because in a sense that's exactly what she is right mm -hmm. she kind of developed as an activist at Boston University right, right? she interned um, for Kennedy um, liberal uh, Kennedy in Massachusetts went on to be an organizer um, for burning right so in mm -hmm. many ways her background has been um, in that field she's kind of you know developed as um, a, a, a political organizer of that sense. Um, other folks would have a different understanding of political organizer. Um, and so in many ways, I don't know if she can actually speak, and this is not a, this is, I'm not talking bad about her, but, you know, she is relatively young. I don't, mm. She doesn't have a world of experience in political organizations or as a candidate or anything like that. So I think in a sense she might be honest mm -hmm. when she reveals, you know, those, those positions. Um, and some of the things that have popped up in the last couple of weeks, you know, where she spoke about Palestine and wasn't exactly sure where to go and the right wing attacked her, but then the left wing is kind of like, what are you saying? Well, part of it is that, you know, she, she, is, she joined DSA, and if you've noticed, she's really kind of not mentioning DSA that much um, anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and so she joined DSA as part of that kind of like surge of people who joined DSA after Bernie, um, uh, after his campaign. And so not that she was doing it uh, at least I don't think so, um, in a way like Cynthia Nixon, which seems like very much just to get the endorsement, I think she's honestly attracted to a new set of politics. But she's not a long-standing member who's really kind of like developed within that organization and the different traditions that it represents. Like, for example, someone like um, um, Julia Farasal. I think she is kind of like the new face of younger people in America, you know, this kind mm -hmm. of generation that is really attracted to these politics and trying to actually figure out, well, what the hell do they actually mean? Well, you know, I agree. Uh, you know, just one last thing about that is that, you know, uh, the one other uh, criticism that happened, which I saw on Twitter, uh, and I don't really know how accurate it is, but apparently she had this uh, plank of the platform that had to do with foreign policy was removed. And then she answered it and said she don't know how that happened. And I don't know whether it went back in there. But the point I want to make is, that I do think that foreign policy is really important to any um, leftist movement that really wants to make change, because I think what we've had for too long is uh, just this taking care of uh, people in the United States at the expense of people in the rest of the world, and uh, that kind of, you know, the imperialist or the globalist ventures that goes on with big capital. So that kind of, uh, you know, obviously you get the immigration crisis is coming from bad foreign policy. So I, I think it's important for uh, strong candidates to at least engage in critique of that. I, you know, I think in many ways what Alexandria represents is like a battleground, mm -hmm. you know, and it's a battleground where, you know, you have forces on the left battling, you know, basically the Democratic Party and the different forces within that um, for partially for, you know, for for her, I guess I want to say, but really it's for what she represents. Because look how they've been trotting her around. You know, the fact that you said it, you were like, oh, my God, there's all these media 
Um, you know, I can't keep track of all these media presences. Well, how did that happen? Right? How did she, you know, come through, um, you know, defeat Crowley, which was mainstream, you know, uh, uh, Democrat machinery, um, and be what she is now? And part of it is that the Democratic Party is really kind of trying to position itself um, with her, using her, right? Mm -hmm. and so in a sense, she's a battleground. You know, all that is true. Let me ask you something, and I, I don't mean to spring this on you, but, you know, I was just doing some poking yeah, around right. today. And, you know, I don't know if you're aware, but OpenSecrets.org, uh, which is run by the Center for Responsive Politics, or Responsible yeah. Politics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they have, uh, they have the latest filing of um, Ocasio-Cortez's donors. And, you know, all oh, in all, no. it's, the only <laughs> it's only about $75,000 altogether, which is still minuscule. But... Right. Um, for the first time, like the now the fourth largest donor at uh, three thousand nine hundred dollars is uh, J.P. Morgan Chase. Um, there's a couple of other uh, kind of uh, you know corporate lawyer firms and uh, no real estate yet, and one company that develops uh, outlet malls, you know where you can. So I mean, and there, and you're, really? we're talking about donations of you know. $3,000 or less, except for the Chase one, which, as I said, is now the fourth largest. I mean, how do you think that affects her rhetoric about saying that she does not take corporate contributions? I think on one level, you know, um, it'd be great to ask her, you know, like how aware of you of where exactly these contributions come from, you know, and, and what do they signify? You know, um, so I think, I think that having that information is, is, is useful, and I wonder, you know, honestly, not trying to uh, evade or anything, but you know, I wonder honestly how how where she is of each of those um, um, donations. But on the other hand, you know, I think this is exactly how it happens, right? I think you know this is exactly how, in a sense, the you know the two-party system operates, right? You know, the little donations, you know, because we talk about it and it sounds so systemic, right? You know, it's like we can save the system, the institution, you know, and it sounds like it's this abstract thing, but it's people, right? And it's, you know, donors and it's networks of donors and it's people connected to each other and it's, you know, folks who work at certain places who use the institutions that they work at as vehicles of donation, you know, to have some kind of influence, even if it's a hope of influence, um, on candidates. And so it's not that surprising, but again, it's a slightly surprising that, you know, some of these things have already happened, these donations have already occurred, like the one that you mentioned, right? But those are not... Coincidental, right? I, I think this is exactly how, um, when we say something like the Democratic Party operates, I think this is how it does. You know, it has individuals, institutions that are connected to it, and they donate, and this is how they try to have some leverage um, on you, right? Either by saying, you know, look, you're not totally clean, regardless of your rhetoric, because look what's there, or two, by actually trying to say, if you actually want to be a, a, a candidate, you know, and you actually want to win, right? It takes money to do so, right? Yeah, man. So okay. I guess it kind of just proves the point, right? It gives us more evidence um, to kind of say that, you know, she is a battleground. Yeah. Right? You know, we're trying to influence her, and so are they. And one of their main things that they can do to influence is money, because it's not ideas. That's probably where we have more leverage on our side, but they have more money. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, well, you know, I, I don't really want to, I don't want to sound like I'm extremely uh, cynical or, or skeptical about Ocasio-Cortez, you know, I'm, I'm just uh, trying to put out some facts for, you know, a good open dialogue and, uh, 
you know, I I, I do want to hope that uh, she's going to make a difference um, uh, in in Washington. Another thing I want to um, talk to you about too is like in your latest issue. It was in the latest issue, right? The Dan Labatt's uh, article about um, the DSA uh, election to uh, endorse uh, Cynthia Nixon. Yeah, actually, it didn't come out in the. Uh, it's it's on a web. It's a web. It came out uh, on, Yeah, it came out online. Yeah, I mean, and and again, it's like <clears throat> this is exactly this is the battleground, right? This is exactly the tension that probably many socialists feel, which is, you know, how do you engage with the broad numbers, masses, whatever word you want to use, of people, you know, many who do engage in, um, in electoral politics of some sort, right? But the truth is, in this country, almost half does not. So on one level, you know, we need to be engaging with the people who are paying attention to what's happening politically in the world. And on the other hand, we need to pay attention to the people who kind of rejected that and you know, pull them back in on some level of engagement. That doesn't always mean electoral uh, engagement, right? And, um, and so I think, it, it, I think it was clearer for many people, um, the issue of Cynthia Nixon, um, uh, you know, that in no way is she really a democratic socialist, you know? Um, she probably is attracted to the interpretation that people are giving to democratic socialism. Um, currently, right, she probably sees herself uh, in, you know, in, in alliance with some of those uh, values, um, and I think that's fine. It means that you know there has been a level of upsurge uh, of these ideas and practices that is having an influence. I think that's good. Um, but you know, clearly she's kind of running um, as a candidate. She sees the DSA as a force that might be useful. Um, you know, she is taking on Cuomo, who is clearly the establishment. It's going to be a very difficult race um, for her to you know for her to win. So it's kind of utilitarian what she did, and so that's a little bit more obvious, I think. But some folks thought that this could be a good tactical move, and so there was that vote in DSA to do so, and I think Dan was like, no. Like, I mean, you know, if it's worth discussing Alexandra, uh, Alexandria, you know, because um, maybe she's, I don't want to say more honest of a candidate, but, you know, a candidate that can still be influenced from the left and actually um, represent, you know, a better, a better possibility, um, Cynthia Nixon uh, it's harder to say that, you know. Um, I don't personally know the person, but from what I understand and what I've read, um, it seems, you know, she will most likely be a, a, a typical liberal Democrat. Um, and so that DSA endorsing her candidacy might actually have more negative ramifications for the organization, and that I think was really the concern that people had, not just about the candidate itself, but about a socialist organization endorsing you know, candidates and playing the game within the Democratic Party as a capitalist party, you know, folks are concerned that then you kind of weaken the possibility of any real sense of, you know, socialism as an alternative uh, politics in the United States. Like, what, what, what is your uh, view of uh, socialism right now? Woo! It's going to be a whole show, right? Yeah. Because, you know, <laughs> in in, in the last few minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so without like sloganeering or, or, or pamphleteering, right? Just, you know, socialism will win. Thank you. Good night. Um, you know, I, I think your question is a, is a really good question, and it's not just about what's happening um, in the U.S. Mira lo que está pasando en Venezuela, you know? Like, there's a, there's a real crisis happening there. Um, there is, you know, some of these things, the, the leftists that kind of, the, the, like, as they call it, the pink tide in Latin America has very much... Um, you know, many of those folks have been either removed or defeated or, 
you know, the right wing is definitely on the march of the U.S. and in Latin America. Um, and part of it is because, on one level, some of the socialist ideas that folks were promoting um, were challenging certain things and accommodating others. One example is, you know, can we really push some of these politics that socialists have talked about for years? For example, one politic is, look, if, if the people, the workers, right, the people, you know, end up becoming the owners of the means of production, meaning, you know, that they are the ones who are making the decisions and profiting collectively equally, you know, off anything that we do. Um, and, you know, it, there's something very common sensical about that, right? But that's how extreme our society is right now. Right. It doesn't seem common sense that people who actually create the wealth, that actually spend their days working in a place, in and out, that they should be the ones who make the decisions and make the money off their labor, right? That mm -hmm. should be common sense, but it's not, right? Mm -hmm. However, can you really do that mm -hmm. in the ecological situation that we're in now? Right. Meaning, you know, is it good enough for people to be like, okay, we're going to have a cooperative, and we're going to have a cooperative mining organization, and we're just going to blow up this mountain, you know, mm -hmm. uh, in order to get the, the, the minerals that we need, but it's a cooperative, so that's good enough. It's not good enough, mm -hmm. not anymore. Not when mm -hmm. we've seen, you know, the repercussions in terms of climate, the environment, pollution, and all of that. So in many ways, some of these um, socialist uh, you know, experiments that have, that have existed in places like Latin America, they didn't push it. Sometimes they, and understandably so, if you know, society was poor, they had to use the resources that they had, um, for example, like Venezuela, you know, and use its oil and all that stuff. But that is clearly a contradiction, because if oil is part of the problem, if fossil fuels are the problem, you know, we can maybe use some of that for a minute, but we clearly need to transition out. Um, and so not grappling with that contradiction, I think, affected some of these um, some of these experiments to the point where some of them, you know, lost or are under attack. Um, and so I think within socialism, I, uh, the ideas and the practices, there is kind of like a rejuvenation happening. But we need to go further than that and talk about how capitalism itself produces, uses, consumes, you know, um, transfers, you know, what, what are the products that are created uh, in the world for what, for what purpose, where does it come from, right? That's a harder conversation. It's one that we need to have. Um, not everyone is there yet, um, or they're there, but on different, you know, different parts of the, the spectrum. Um, but I think, in a sense, that's where we need to go, right? But how do we get there? I mean, so ultimately we can have this discussion, but at the end of the day, how do we get there? And that brings us back to the, the other discussion, right? This is how do we buy for power, right? How do we get people with an understanding of the discussion that we're having into positions where they can actually have some influence in politics and policy that will allow people to live better, right? How do we get into that? How do we do that? That is, and so we come back to, you know, this situation, right? We can't even, we can't even get Medicare, but we can't even get health for everyone. Mm -hmm. How are we ever going to challenge health for the planet? Mm -hmm. All right, so thanks uh, really a lot for coming on to uh, Living with Spanglish, uh, Saulo Colon. You just want to let listeners know how they can uh, read uh, New Politics? Yes, definitely. Thank you for the plug. Um, so um, check it out. There's a new summer issue coming out um, in August. Uh, most of that has been uploaded right now to the online webpage. The online webpage, you can find it, New Politics, that's N-E-W-P-O-L.org, N-E-W-P-O-L.org. Uh, check it out, the Independent Socialist Magazine, and uh, please contact us if you can. Okay, thanks again, Salo. Okay, Ed.